This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you. And today is Wednesday, which means it is our day to deal with culture and theology. And we have a different guest with us each Wednesday. Today, it is, again, my wife, Brienne Fueling. Welcome back. Thanks. You're like a regular on the Q&A podcast. I know. What you don't know, audience, is that we measure metrics. And every time my wife is on, the metrics are the highest. And whenever it's just me, they're the lowest. So anyways, glad to have you. I think you're going to be taking my position here shortly. But today, the question that we're going to be answering is, what is your education costing your child? This Mm. entire week, we've been dealing with education choices, homeschooling, private schooling, public education. How do we as a Christian think about this world? Uh, The decision we make here has enormous costs, not just for us, but for our children. And one of the things that I know you and I have processed personally is that our education cost is going to have a huge effect on our household. Mm -hmm. And so if if you send your kids to public school, you're paying for that through taxes. But If you make a decision to send your kid to private school, most of us are trying to answer the question, can I afford this? And there is an enormous cost to us as families. And uh, I mean, even just for a high school, it can cost between eight and $15,000 a year per kid. I mean, that's an enormous amount of money. When you start talking about multiple children, the cost of your home starts building. If you're thinking about homeschooling, uh, there's an enormous cost because somebody has to stay at home with the kids, train them, educate them. Uh, then there is the money not made by the person not going to work. There's another cost. In mm-hmm. fact, um, the cost for homeschooling can be upwards of thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year in income not earned in a household, or more, depending on the on the person's capacity who decides to stay at home. I think it's natural and intuitive for us to count the cost for us. But today, what I want to do, Brian, is I want to um, take some time and have you just share about. I think the question that we need to be asking first and foremost. And here's the question. What is our education choice costing our child? And so there's a few categories we want to talk about, but I want to set one just basic groundwork here for us. You and I both are on the same page that it is the parent's responsibility to make a good decision for their children that build in them the things that are the most important to God mm-hmm. that will create successful human beings. One of one of our responsibilities is to play the long game with our children, and that is going to require an incredible amount of difficulty, sacrifice, and discipline on our part. When we have kids, we signed up for this. Uh, they're going to cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars, a lot of energy, and they're worth it because God has given us a profound responsibility to make decisions that intentionally shape our children. And I know that what we see as you counsel many people, as we work with kids all the time, is we deal with parents who don't necessarily know how to cast a vision for their kids. And so what happens is whenever there's a lack of vision, there's a lack of direction. Our kids are like shotguns. We shoot them out and we can't control all the directions they're going to go rather than seeing our kids like a sniper, choosing very specifically where we want to send them and doing the best we can to send them in that direction. And so as we say this, we we want to be so focused and visionary with our children. We want to create healthy, normal, functioning children who redeem this world for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So here's my here's my first question to you. 
let's talk about different things that we want to build in our kids. Um, what are some of the costs spiritually in the decisions that we make to send our kids to either public, private, or homeschooling education? So before we get into that, I just want to add that for me personally, the decision of where we're going to send our kids has been honestly one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life. And I feel privileged in some ways to be able to say that. But at the same time, I feel like so many other decisions I've made in my life, I've seen the Lord show up and give me a really clear direction. And so, yes, like I feel like we've had a very clear vision for what we want to have accomplished in our children through their education. But sometimes then when we've looked at what direction then we need to go in and it's going to take us there, we've been like, um, I, I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. Or how to do it. Right. Or I think they should go there, but how in the world is that going to work out? And so we've had a, the last couple of years have been a little easier, but leading up to that, especially our oldest preschool, kindergarten, in first grade years, she was in a different school every year. Yep. And we usually didn't know where she was going to go. I mean, first grade, it was like 48 hours in advance before she ended up at the private Christian school that she's there because the Lord just opened the doors. And so we didn't lack vision at that point in our lives, but we absolutely lacked trying to figure out, Lord, where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to do? And I know for me, it was a space and time in trying to listen to what he wanted for our children at that time, that I just didn't have a clear mm. direction and I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And then I loved it because he ended up opening those doors only about, yeah, about like 48 hours in advance. Oh, yeah. We had year. no intention of sending them to the school Not because we couldn't afford it. Not and that was all. a huge stressor, but we couldn't sin by going into debt to pay right. for education. Right. And that was a huge you know, just question mark, what do we do right. in light of that? And then the Lord did step in and he made a clear path for us and he has continued up to this point to make a clear path. But still every year when we turn in our money for our financial aid, we will both open up that email whenever it comes in to be able mm -hmm. to say like, oh, is this going to be able to continue? And so, um, and you guys have talked about some of those, you know, different elements that go into that. So I just like to say that for me, this has been kind of a hard subject to try to figure out for a family. It has not been easy. And I feel like it's one that is always on the table at the end of every school year as we look to the next school year. And I always have high hopes. I, I actually right now, we're going to talk about this a little bit. I'm so thankful for where our children are and mostly because of the environment that they're in. And I've seen it grow into them. And right now we're blessed that our children get to be around people all day long that sincerely love and adore them the way that we love and adore them. And that is just an amazing, precious opportunity. And so when we look at our kids and we see the different costs of the spiritual environment that they're going to be in, A, we can only do our best to predict it. We actually can't know what is exactly always going to come mm -hmm. up in an environment. However, we can do our best to be able to be wise and research something and then to be able to say, okay, Lord, I think this is the direction that you want them to go in. And so as you guys talked about on the podcast before, for different children, it's going to be different spiritual costs. One environment is not going to be the same for every child. And so that's why I do think educational is a very personalized individual choice as to what is going to be best for that child, but even at best for that child at that moment developmentally in their life. Yep. So let's talk about the spiritual cost, um, because I think people are, they may assume that our conclusion is a Christian school has the best spiritual outcome, which is actually proves not to actually be always the case. Mm -hmm. 
I transferred into a Christian school for the first time in sixth grade, and it was an awful spiritual environment for me in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And I think the Lord, I think I'm, I feel like I've talked about this on podcasts before. I feel like the Lord used it actually in some ways to strengthen me and to make me claim things as my own and to make me fight for them a little bit. And so I, I actually look back at it as a time of a lot of development in my own heart, but the spiritual environment that I was put into mm. was a hundred hundred million times worse than the public school that I transferred yep. out of. I grew up in a Roman Catholic school, first grade to 12th grade, all boys Catholic high school. Needless to say, um, their doctrinal persuasions were not what I would personally believe in um, on a number of issues. It was not functionally a Christian school. It was right. as secular as any other secular school with a little bit of sanctified religion and some masses. But um, it was interesting because for me, I came alive spiritually. Mm -hmm. Every day I realized I was different. Um, did I struggle in some areas? Yeah, but I, I honestly think I would have struggled so much more in a Christian environment mm -hmm. than I would have in a secular environment. When I went to Michigan State University, I have never thrived so much and so quickly in any environment. And I've learned about myself. I actually don't thrive in Christian environments. I thrive um, when I'm a minority. I thrive in an environment where there's a lot of non-Christians around me. And um, that has been an, that's just been a reality of mine since I was little. Mm -hmm. And so the non-evangelical context blossomed me. Right. So those are two examples of how sometimes we can have the best intentions at choosing an educational route and trying to be wise in what the spiritual condition would be. And yet sometimes it could have the opposite effect, but then would actually have a great effect because God is in control and he's yep. in charge of people's hearts and he's the one who works in them. But yep. I will say that my high school experience um, was going to a private Christian school was still one of the highlights of my life mm. in terms of the way that that shaped me, informed me. It not only academically gave me an excellent education, but it gave me so many opportunities, different um, mentors and teachers being involved in my life, different coaches, and a friend base of people who also love Jesus and still to this day are some of my most precious relationships yep. I've ever had. I think there's high value. Um, as a mom and dad, nobody knows your kids better, but um, one of the values of talking to, for example, a village church, Awana leaders or different things like that, uh, youth leaders, if they're in junior high or high school, is that when your kids know you're not watching, a different part of them comes out. Right. And they're a little bit different uh, in youth group or they're a little bit different in social settings and to, and to have mentors that you can go to and say, what do you see yep. in them in these environments? Mm -hmm. um, some kids are really compliant at home, but they're absolute conformist socially. Yep. That's a scary reality. And, and a lot of parents don't know these things about their kids. Mm -hmm. They may have hunches, but to allow maybe that 21-year-old youth leader to say, hey, here's kind of what I see in them when you're, when you're not around could give you a lot of information in terms of how they do in, in public circumstances. But I think parents got to remember, as long as the kid has any conscious knowledge that you might be observing, their behavior will be different. So that kind of leads us to a transition of one of my greatest values of any environment that I want to put my children into, both spiritually, academically, socially, whatever it may be, is being able to trust the heart and the skill of the people who are overseeing them in that environment. They don't even have to, I mean, it's bonus points if they like those people, mm -hmm. like if my children like those people, but that's not even my greatest measurement. I think I want to be able to know, hey, I see in you that you have a perception of what's going on. 
You can see my children for who they are, the mm. good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, and the wonderful. And they don't need to be a Christian to be able to do that, by Absolutely the way. This not. is public education, private, doesn't matter. Absolutely Love not. for kids and, a, and an ability to care for them well right. is a universal human experience. Right. And so um, Elliot had a kindergarten teacher in the public school system who who was Catholic. And I, we didn't find that out until probably halfway through the year. But I, I loved her. She was the best Amazing. teacher for Elliot. Yeah. And just so that's our oldest. And so being able to have her, but but she had all of those qualities. She had a perception of her skills. She had a perception of her strengths, of her character. She had a perception of her weaknesses. Mm-hmm. She stepped in and taught her different. So, for instance, a little girl stabbed her in the hand with a pencil, and she <laughs> left, like, the pencil tip in her hand in class. And that wasn't only just taken care of. It was actually also then taught to her how how to deal with that and mm-hmm. what she should do in different circumstances. And so— that created so many formative opportunities in her mind for dealing with conflict and dealing with talking to authorities and all those kind of things. And I couldn't have asked for anything better for than her perception and the way that she handled that social environment with great skill. And there was all sorts of kids from all sorts of different backgrounds and also all sorts of different strengths and weaknesses. But she was able to really bond them as a team. And I would I couldn't have been happier with mm. the social and leadership environment that she experienced in that setting. And that's where some pitfalls, I think, with homeschooling come in, um, is that you got to know your kid. Um, Will this unnecessarily isolate them? Um, Are there cooperative opportunities? They call them co-ops, as we discussed in the last podcast, that Mm -hmm. uh, amplify it. Um, Some kids are so self-led, and they can actually do so much more, and you're able to give them social outlets. Mm -hmm. Um, There's all these different unique things where I think the, the danger is that we feel pressured to follow the status quo in the system. The government funnels all of our kids to the public education. And right now in America, we have the freedom to be creative with it. Mm -hmm. We have the freedom to do alternate things that are the best for our children and not necessarily just to put them in public education or even private education because we need to go make amount of money to maintain our standard of living to meet Mm -hmm. some expectation that we have of ourselves. You know, what what, raising children, kill, I said the word kill, (laughs) what raising children requires of us is to say we will sacrifice whatever is whatever's needed in our life to develop them to what they need to be as long mm-hmm. as those sacrifices aren't sin. Mm-hmm. And that that's, I think, a really hard reality. But there is this um, lemming mentality that we all feel like, well, well, the default, of course, is public education. I'd like to take that off the table and say there is no default. Correct. Pray for your kid. Mm-hmm. Think about your kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've talked about spiritual costs, social costs. What about academic costs? I know you have, and I have some pretty particular opinions on this, but... Totally. So we both love like really high academic institutions, and we've tried to pursue that for our own education and would hope for it for our children also. But I will say, as important that is to me, from my... I don't I don't know if it's my personal background or my counseling background or both of them, those those powers combined, that I look at the academics of a school and that does not rank highest in the way that I make decisions. It's high, but what I'm looking for is for my children to be formed as a whole person and from the influences that they have from their peers, from the parents of their peers, from the administration, from the teachers, for whatever it may be, to truly all be pouring into them and forming them from all different sides. And so I love high academics. I love excellence. I love personally getting straight A's in the way they can all look on a report card, just all lined up in a row. It's a beautiful picture. <laughs> but what I, I like do, when you can see the flow of the alphabet. <laughs> a, B, C, D, E. Uh, all those E's that you've gotten on those report cards. And um, I always thought it was excellent. And yeah. they're like, no, that's below D. 
Like, and it um, actually doesn't exist. And so, although there's all sorts of oh, I had we had U's in ours, like in all elementary school. If you what? did really bad, it was a U, which stood for unacceptable, oh, which nice. I loved because it's like Un- that's acceptable. unacceptable. Like you are capable of more. So than when you this. didn't hang your coat on the hook, they were like, "All right, unacceptable. All you right. shall fail kindergarten." Why would I hang a ho- my coat on the hook when, when the teacher is there to do me. it for me? That's why yes. she's there, right? Yes. That's you got to remember, though, I was in, no, 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 listen, 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 listen. I was in preschool from, from like one to four because the preschool teacher, Mrs. Hodge, was my babysitter. So, of course, I was like, the, I was the class mascot. So then when all of a sudden Michael I go started to kindergarten, early. when I was in kindergarten, they were like, I'm like, yo, teach, here's the, here's my jacket, put it up. I didn't quite say it like that, but that's basically the posture I had. And she's like, excuse me? Um... No, you put it up yourself. And this is so a whole new world for Because you me. won't, you won't pass kindergarten. So I think There's that's, more to the story. Mm-hmm. Ask my mother. That, that's pretty much her story too. And so I think I for that, with the excellence of education, the <laughs> academic rigorousness that we hope for and for our children's brains to be built into and to be expanded and for them to d- learn different things and to know different parts of all sorts of different things, I think... That's something that we hope for them, but at the same time, that is just an one aspect of the metrics that we're looking for in yep. in how they're going to be formed by mm-hmm. their education. And so I agree to be able to not have anything be a standard or to be a status quo, but to be able to look at each child and what they need. And big part of that is that that's a par- process of continual evaluation, and that might change year to year. Obviously, there's great stability and having a consistent place to be educated and to be able to fit in and to be able to know is your home and and be confident mm-hmm. in, but at the same time, there is a continual continual evaluation that needs to happen for our children in terms of what is being best for them at this developmental stage and what is going to be mm-hmm. pouring into them. I think you and I share a really high value for academic standards. We may put a little bit different emphasis on it. Um, so it's it's interesting, and I understand how I'm going to sound when I say this, but in my brain, spiritual development is less of a priority. F- in terms of academics than in terms of the school than academic development. Although if they're going to claim to spiritually develop my kid, then I'm going to, I'm going to hold them to that standard. You know, that makes sense. But like when I'm thinking about education, it is really, really important for me that my children lack nothing to stand between them and success in this world. Uh, I don't mean success in a worldly way. I just mean, um, I want my kids to have every opportunity to think critically, to not be behind the curve, to be able to see, just from an academic level, the world in a very high level. Uh, that's a high, high value for me. Probably because, you know, I mean, I grew up in a, in a school that was very academic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I appreciated the ability it gave me to think and to rationalize and to um, see the quality of ideas. I feel like one of my concerns with a lot of kids is their inability to discern ideas. And that education is not just teaching them facts, but I want to see education teach them how to process ideas from very, at very high right. levels. So even when we were in youth ministry, we began to see a sharp decline in students' reading comprehension. Oh and therefore, yeah. you really can't process ideas, right? Unless if you can't read ideas, right. you can't process them. And, and so if you can't, yeah, that's, that was something that was very frightening for both of us yep. towards that and still remains as a concern yep. in general for and, and the youth that are growing up. This is anecdotal to where we are. So I want to be really clear. But there was a direct correlation on a regular basis between public school kids and private school kids. Mm-hmm. That was one of my big concerns in this area is, is watching the lessening of academic 
standards on the public mm-hmm. school side of things. And I appreciated that our private school kids were taught much younger how to read and comprehend and process and and filter real time than the public school kids were. They're just not the same values. Because in a, in a in a in a public school system, every teacher is different, but by and large the public school system wants the kids to know and believe what they want them to believe. And oftentimes in the private school system, yeah, we want them to know and believe different things, but there is much more of a high value in the kids learning to think for themselves and to process life and come to conclusions. Mm-hmm. They're very different. I'm not saying public school doesn't have it. I'm just saying that we have anecdotally watched those systems play themselves out. And again, there are always exceptions. I mean, this is not 100%. We're just saying anecdotally, generally, we watch that that distinction grow, and uh, which is, I think, the main difference. When kids have any kind of um, um, learning disability or anything of the sorts, that's a different category. That's everywhere. But we're just saying for uh, kids who don't have that, the main difference was parental involvement. Mm-hmm. And the more a parent engaged a, a kid in the public school realm, um, they were able to think and process and use their mind, and they went just as far as the private school kids. So one of the things that Tim had mentioned, too, is that no matter where your child is going for their education, it is still a parental responsibility to oversee that. And I think that that's super important for everyone to keep in mind when they're looking at how they're going to intentionally evaluate what is your the edu- your child's education costing your child. And so we want to be looking again at like what we've talked about, like the spiritual aspects, the academic aspects, the social aspects. I mean, that is just huge. The the opportunities that you're giving them to be able to connect with people, how it's shaping their character, the resourcing that you're being able to give to them, whether they have special needs mm-hmm. or yep. not. And so I think that those are just things that we have a responsibility for as parents to be able to evaluate is what is this costing my child? And if mm. this trajectory continued because I am playing the long game in their education, how could this form them if this is the environment that they're going to be in for yep. even sometimes hours or days or years or whatever it may be? Mm. I, I, I want to bring this to an end with a couple just thoughts. Number one is I said this in the last you know, podcast, I want to say it again. I don't have judgment for the decisions people, parents make by and large. This is a really hard decision Mm -hmm. and nobody has to live with the decision more than the mom and dad and the kid. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I think that we want to do is spark conversation and maybe give some categories and paradigms for people to process this, but it is objectively hard. And um, I really do appreciate um, when parents make good, hard decisions. And then there's this really fine line, which we've, we've been just encouraging a couple people as of late, at least I have, and I know you have in another way. Um, there are parents who want to send their kids to private school and do feel like it would be best for them, but they literally cannot afford it. Mm-hmm. And that is a divine restraint. Um, mm-hmm. And um, that's hard because we sense these things, but then the Lord doesn't give us the circumstances to do the things we feel like we want, you know? And right. that's been our story in a lot of different aspects of our lives. And now we're seeing that in some other friends. And and my heart is sad for that. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know, the Lord is using those circumstances and bringing great good out of them. And so somebody could get judgmental and be like, you're going to send your kids to public school. And it's like, first of all, A, you don't know what you're talking about. B, like, this could be from the Lord. And if it is, the last thing you want to do is resist what he's doing. And there's a lot of discernment that goes into that because I think sometimes, you know, we hear so many stories of people who go to private schools and they didn't know how they were going to pay for it, but they felt that's what the Lord was calling them for. Mm -hmm. And they could see the first month come in. They could see the second month come in. And so they had to step out in faith in that way too and to be able to make sacrifices. I mean, for you and I, we've even had to try to figure out, okay, Lord, how can we even open up a flower shop? Right. (laughs) And use to that to be able to pay for it because we were confident that that's where the Lord is showing us that he wants our children to be. And there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into that. 
But so there's discernment in that also, because sometimes it doesn't just look one way or the other way. Sometimes it can look tricky, and we God is asking us to step out in faith to be able to see what He wants to do and to be able to watch Him work in the lives of our child to remind us that ultimately we're not in control and we can do our best to set up the situation, but He is in control of the situation. Mm. And I think that there's sacrifice involved in every different situation. If you send your children to public school, the sacrifice is, is that you have to be very intentional to know every detail about the curriculum, the people they're hanging out with, the teachers, the environments that they're in, and you have a lot of involvement there and you can't you can't not be involved in you that You can't situation, just send them there and not think. Which is pretty much true of everywhere else too, yep. but I think there's a special degree in public totally. schools. If you're in homeschool, you talked about the sacrifices earlier, of your time and the financial constraints that you're going to be missing, you know, not being able to work and staying home with your children or whatever it may look like. And you've sent them to private school, well, then that is a huge financial cost for most families. That is not an easy one to be able to make. And so there are a lot of scrappy behaviors they have to start to try to figure out, you know, how are we going to do this? What do we cut back on? How do we create more income? What can we do? And so I think those are the sacrifices that are involved, yep. you know, for each different family in each different way. Well, the distance between our vision for our kids in today is parental sacrifice, wisdom, and courage. There is a vision and it's going to require uh, a lot of sacrifice wisdom from God, and then the courage to move forward into that. Brian, thank you. Uh, I want to invite you back on Friday. Um, Pastor Tim and I are going to be talking about transgendered issues in elementary schools specifically. And the question is, how should I train my kids to respond to this teaching in this sexually confused world, and especially some of the kids who are engaging and confused themselves? How do we teach our kids to love people and to encourage them and represent Christ at the same time? <music>